coming out of university, we focus a lot on the struggle. I didn't really take the time to appreciate the creativity that was around me and to enjoy myself. I mean, I would say all your 20s are going to be a big struggle. You're coming out with a degree, which is a huge advantage, and you, you have a community of creative people that you've known for years, and you can, you know, you can try things without um, a huge amount of risk. So I think focusing on, on the opportunity instead of the struggle. So appreciate the positive aspects that you have and, and you know, what you have in your life right now. Hello, and welcome to the Final Mile Club podcast, or as we're calling it, FM Radio. This series explores life after graduation through conversations with industry professionals across the fields of the arts, media, performance, design, and beyond. My name is Sarah Bejan, and I'm the Dean of the School of the Arts, Media, Performance, and Design at York University. On this episode, I'm excited to introduce you to one of our esteemed alumna, Beth Jansen. Beth is one of those really extraordinary people who has spent a career creating opportunities for others. When we recorded this episode, she was the Chief Executive Officer of the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television. Since then, she has been appointed Chief Operating Officer for the Toronto International Film Festival. Jansen graduated from York's theatre program, and following her time at York, she moved to New York City, where she was a programmer for the Tribeca Film Festival. She also joined Rent the Runway as founding director of its program to support and encourage women in starting businesses of their own. But my favorite description of Beth is that her website simply says, I love to build spaces where creative people thrive. And I just, I I can't think of a better thing. So welcome, Beth, and I'm so glad you're able to be with us this morning. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. That was such a kind introduction. Um, And, uh, you know, I also want to acknowledge that, you know, I... um, you know, I have had a lot of privilege in my life. Um, I, as a cisgendered, heterosexual, heteronormative um, white woman, I, you know, there's lots of struggles that um, I have not had to deal with. Um, and so, you know, I just want to remind people who are listening, you know, to, to that that is my lens. Um, and, um, you know, that is you know, that has uh, colored my experiences. Um, and, you know, it may not, uh, I don't want anyone to think that um, the path is the same for anyone. Um, and certainly for um, a lot and a lot of people, it's it's a lot more difficult than, than mine has been. So um, I just wanted to sort of acknowledge my privilege before we, we speak. I, I very much appreciate that, um, and and you have, I mean, your your path has been uh, rather unusual. I mean, you started in in theater. You're now, um, you know, working in 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 film and television um, in a kind of you know industry and institutional capacity. Um, but maybe coming back to that 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 quote about uh, building spaces for creative people to thrive, you know. Um, you know, when you when you think back, you know, to to your time at York University, um, you know, what can you? I, I said a few kind of high points, but you know, what what did that path look like? And and recognizing, you know, certainly privilege, but I, I can imagine that as a a woman 
you know, coming up and and entering a, a very male dominated industry and and spaces, particularly at, at that time, you know, over the past 20, 25 years. What what has that looked like for you? Well, it's been a, quite a journey, and it's so um, ironic that you mentioned the quote on my website because I literally finally came up with that about maybe eight months ago. So, you know, I just want to say that, you know, you never there. I think uh, sometimes when we talk about careers and we talk about um, our lives, we we think that there is this uh, this this clear path and, um, you know, and at the end of it is the success that we want. And I certainly when I was at York, um, I I studied acting. Um, I the gift of York was that I realized in my course of being there that I was really in it for all the wrong reasons. So I'm really grateful that that I had that experience because um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to be in a in a group of creative people. Had you asked me uh, when I was graduating from York what I what I wanted to do, I would have had no idea. You know, I just sort of had this vague notion of success, and I was very very ambitious. So the way that I found things is I just sort of looked for people who were doing interesting work that I wanted to be associated with. So for me, it was um, the public theater. And that was at the time uh, headed up by um, a brilliant um, artist named George C. Wolfe. You know, I didn't even know what the institution of the public theater was when I first started working there. I was I was transfixed by wanting to be in the orbit of George C. Wolfe. So that's sort of what I did. I was an assistant to the artistic director, this amazing woman named Rosemary Tischler. Um, and I just, I mean, I think I spent the first three years of my career just like in awe of the people around me <laughs> and, and being... Um, in New York City. And uh, yeah, just working really hard. <laughs> How did you find uh, that creative community? I think we think of networking as a very corporate exercise, right? And a very instrumental exercise, right? Who can get me something, uh, a job, uh, a recommendation, etc. But but I think it, wor it works a little bit differently in the arts. So mm -hmm. can you say a little bit about what that what that experience was like? Yeah, I mean, I did uh, the corporate thing, right? I just sort of got an internship and I was able to work uh, unpaid for, you know, three afternoons a week. And uh, I sort of got in there. And then, you know, when an administrative position opened up, I, I jumped at it. It was very low paid and all that sort of stuff. But again, that was like, that was this, my circumstances allowed me to do that. And I think I was very focused on the people that, you know, where I was working for, when if I had to do it again, I would way more focus on the people that I was working with, um, mm. especially in the arts. Um, you know, those have become, those are some of my dearest friends who I was working with, and that was 20 years ago. And as I've gone forward in my career, I have really come to understand the value of those relationships and those friendships and those allies that you had when you are at the very beginning of your career. I think in the arts, there are lots of opportunities for you and your peers to come together and to create something. And I probably didn't give that as much weight or as much value as I wish I had, just 
the Fringe Festival or, you know, all of these experiences that um, are sort of, they're not, there's not a whole lot of pressure on you because they're not necessarily really, really high profile, but those are the places where you learn um, so much. And I think I would encourage people to do things together. You know, you have your classmates, you know, figure out something you can do together. Just keep doing it and keep working together because there's so much that you will learn and mistakes are much easier to make when people aren't, aren't really paying a lot of attention to you and there's a real gift in that. What do you wish you had, had known or what do you wish you had uh, studied or pursued or, or perhaps in retrospect done, done, done more of um, as you were sort of making the transition from, from the university to, uh, to New York? And did you go right to New York? I did. Yeah, I did. It's very energizing. Like, you know, there's this theory that New York is built on this crystal rock that does um, have a very specific energy to it. So that, you know, that it propels and attracts people who sort of never want to stop moving, um, of which I am one of those people. I wish I had sort of understood that you create your future, right? Like, I, I never thought of what I wanted to do when I was 25, you know, when I was graduating York. I just, I didn't even have that in my mind. I just was like looking for someone to validate me, you know, and validate my skills. So, you know, if I had been an actor, I was just looking for someone to give me the part. You know, if I had been a painter, I would have been looking for, you know, some sort of grants or award recognition, those sorts of um those sorts of things. Like so much of the arts has become about getting in. And I, I would say, you know, try not to focus on, on getting in, try and create your own in, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, create a culture of people that you want that resonate with you and who give you energy and, uh, and and focus on on how you can be with those people, um, you know, and then think in five years. You know, um, I think as artists, we we don't talk about things like financial planning or, you know, uh, f- financial security. I just encourage anyone if you're earning money, you can be saving money because what saving money is is investing in yourself. It's it's not the last thing to do. And there is a reason that privileged people save money because they see their future as having value. Right. And they literally put money into a future because they have been trained and they have been taught that their life has value. It's not a dirty word to think about, you know, opening an RSP or, you know, like all these things which seem so like lame and absolutely not a part of your reality. You know, I think that it's important to, to think about that, you know, so like you're working, let's say you're working an hourly job. How much are you making um, a month? How much, you know, are you making a year? Is that what you want to be doing in four years? You know, and like, really, what do you want to be doing? Not just always pursuing more and bigger. And I feel like that's a kind of a formula for, for burnout. Um, 
you can just run and run and run and run and never mm -hmm. achieve any sort of feeling of accomplishment. And so, you know, creating those moments where you say, yes, you know, like this, this is an amazing achievement, like being in the, like, even if you've just done a, you've done a show with your friends, you know, like just really, really being in that and enjoying that um, for, for what it is without concern for external validation, I think is a really good skill to practice. And it's, it takes practice. <laughs> I, I really love the framing of that around investing in one's self and in and in your future. And in many ways, I, I mean, I think that's what education is. It's a it's a it's a commitment and an investment of time, of energy, of money in a process that is not about a degree or about a kind of credential or a validation. Although we often talk about it as if that's sort of the the end goal, but really, it's it's about belief in a future self and the process of crafting and making the future person that you want to be. And, and we've heard about this in, in, in other, you know, past conversations that, um, that that's an ongoing process and that it's never too late to adjust and, um, you know, and tweak and revise, uh, and to start over or to move in a new direction or to realize that you've, you know, made a mistake. I think, you know, we, we don't talk enough about failure uh, in, in the arts um, and, and in life, but in fact, failure is where learning happens. Failure is where growth happens. I want to come back to this question of, of, of networking and professional development. I think that that question was, you know, your, your response to that was, was really helpful. How should someone network with you? Or what do you look for when you are seeking out collaborators or people to work with or... Um, folks to connect to? I love this question because, um, you know, I really value when someone has done research on my career, you know, but the point of networking is that to be curious about the other person, right? And to not force anything. Like, so I think when networking goes bad, it's when you're like, oh, this person is powerful. I want to be in their orbit, you know, like that, that will never be authentic, so to really actually do background, like when I started my career, we couldn't just Google someone, you know, like the, the joy of Google now, like that I have a Wikipedia page is hilarious and that you looked at it, but, um, you know, that, that you can do that and you can actually look back and you can read their writing and you can, you know, you can sort of get so much information on them. And part of networking is, is finding a person that you're genuinely curious to meet and you approach them. Uh, with integrity, you know, and someone who, uh, you know, like when we're hiring people, that is something that I look for. I look for curiosity. I look for integrity. Um, and I look for commitment. You know, I look for someone who's who's going to be able to stay in their own skin and stay in their own body when, when something gets hard and help to work through it. Um, and that's a really difficult thing for a lot of people to do. Um, you know, I like to think of integrity as your actions matching your thoughts, your beliefs. You know, remember that you're connecting with other artistic people um, and, you know, that 
that you do have a shared interest in the fact that you're both in the arts um, and, you know, you're talking to someone who's committed their life to, to this field for, you know, at the sacrifice of many other things. And, you know, so just to, um, to try and approach it really um, authentically. And you're going to encounter people who aren't curious about your work and who aren't curious about you, you know, and they're so self-involved that they will just spout whatever, whatever. And that's fine. Maybe that's why you sort of turn to your peers and you 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 try and build something together. Um, and, you know, I think especially right now, there's such a dichotomy between the people running the show and uh, the people creating the work like in my lifetime, it's never been that much of a, I think this is the biggest gap between those two, um, those two worlds that I've ever seen. Um, and I think it's, especially in Canada. Um, so, you know, you may find that trying to impress the people who are running the show is a waste of your energy, you know, and so don't waste your energy, you know, put your energy into into creating what you want to create using the tools that are available to you. There, there's a kind of, if I can be so bold, there's a kind of through line um, in all of your comments here that, that for me really surfaces as intentionality and being um, careful uh, with and intentional about, about all kinds of pursuits, who, who you talk to and why, um, you know, jobs that you take, but thinking about, you know, your, your career and future planning, um, you know, the sort of, you know, deliberate approach to, 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 to networking. Um, I, and I think, I think it's, it's, um, it's so easy to be buffeted by, by other people's ideas, by circumstances, by the kind of, um, you know, influencer culture for, for lack of a better thing, right? Like the examples of what you think other people are doing. And, and so I really, I really just want to kind of flag that as a kind of core value that, that seems to run through everything you're talking about, which is a, a just a kind of, you know, being economical with all kinds of things, money, language, yeah. time, yeah. effort. And I, I think that, you know, if you can try and distance yourself from other ideas, no, people's notions of success as much as possible and trying to find that for yourself, you will have a much happier life, you know, and your work will be that much more um, meaningful. And I, this is not an easy thing to do because... Every person I know struggles with it, you know. I struggle with it in my 20th year of my career, you know. So I think this is a very human uh, struggle. But if you can start to, even if you start to notice, like, you know, I'm really focused on this. And I really want to think about what is it about getting into this company or, you know, getting a show at this gallery or, you know, working with this person, what is it that I'm really, that this is really distracting me. And if you just notice, uh, and you can answer that question for yourself, you're, you're way ahead of the game, right? Than a lot of people. And there's more pressure on artists, as I said, to be more self-aware and because they have to build these things, um, you know, they have to build their lives kind of 
a little bit from scratch each time, you know, because there isn't this clear path. Um, we have another question um, uh, from Charles. I'd love to know if you ever got any advice or insight early in your career that has continued to resonate with you and, and who it came from. Um, okay. Yeah. So I got some incredible advice uh, when I was working at HBO. Um, I was assistant to this woman named Julie Anderson, who is this amazing producer. Um, she doesn't work there anymore, but she's a documentary producer and she did a lot of sports producing and she was just a really wonderful person as well. And I remember she, <laughs> we were talking and she said something like, I thought I was getting in trouble for something that I had done, you know, and, and she said, you're not getting in trouble. And she's like, I want you to enjoy your job. Like, I want you to have fun here. And I, like, I don't know, as this, like, dour Canadian, you know, like, workaholic, I was like, what? Like, I just hadn't even thought of that. And I think about that all the time um, because mm. it's true. You're spending so much of your day and your, your, that you want to be having fun. It's not all going to be fun, obviously, but I was having no fun, you know. Um, and then the other advice I got um, from someone was after I had had a couple kids and I was really struggling with the balancing the schedule and, you know, my feeling of who do I commit to, blah, blah, blah. And like, I wanted to leave early from work or something like that. And they said, don't ask anyone, just do it. Don't ask permission, just do it. Now I was a pretty senior person at, at this at this time, so I don't. I'm not telling you to just walk out of your job if you need to, but I do think that especially as women, we look for permission to to have an opinion. To you know, is it okay? And it's not you know, if I leave and and I just have found in watching the people who've worked for me and the people that I've worked with throughout my my career that men never ask that question. They just do it, you know. Oh. I've never heard some father coming back from parental leave or, you know, saying like, well, I, I'm going to have kids, so maybe I should have a reduced schedule or I shouldn't make as much. Like, no, they just take the money and do what they need to do. And so, you know, that's that's just a piece of advice that, that I <laughs> – that has uh, helped me in that particular I, time. I, I feel like we could sort of take the whole, <laughs> um, the whole conversation and pack it, package it up in, take the money and do what you need to do. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that, that really encapsulates uh, everything you've shared, Beth. I really, I, I think that's fantastic. Can I just say one other thing that I think is often a struggle when you're first starting out? Let's say you are trying to work freelance, like you don't know how much to charge. And I think it's really a great thing to talk to all of your friends and your, and see if they have, they have, you know, like they have people in their lives who are freelancers and to gather that data, that data is not open and available. I don't, think it's going to be anytime soon. I know that, you know, we post the salaries for our, for our contract positions, but we don't post salaries for our full-time positions um, because there's a lot of other value that, you know, we changes from year to year. So, um, but 
I think that trying to understand what you should charge is uh, to ask around and ask your friends to ask, maybe they have friends who are a few years ahead of you or whatever, um, just try and do that, um, do that work. Uh, d don't guess at it, but I know it's really a, a challenge. And always ask for more than you think you should, always, because nobody is gonna offer you more than you've asked for. They will almost always offer you less. Um, and one of the other things that is a reality is that women tend to not negotiate. They get an offer and then they say, okay, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to start working with you. And I just would say it does not hurt to ask um, for more and also do ask for more than you actually want. <laughs> I know it's not a very Canadian thing, but I recommend that. It's, you know, but I, I, but it's, 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 it's great advice. Um, it's a really good, uh, a good reminder. And, and, you know, your, your question or your reference to, to freelance, um, again, that's, that's something that, that we've, that has come up in other conversations. I think it's really, really important. It's kind of on everybody's mind, um, and is a real, and is a real challenge. And I think this also may go back to one of your, you know, to kind of where the conversation began with it, which is like, you know, who are your, who are your, you know, allies, who is your community, how to, how to build that and stay in that work. Um, and in those proximities from university and beyond, um, and sort of recognizing the value of, uh, cause you never know where f other folks are going to go. I mean, we sometimes talk about networking as, as finding the new, but it can also, as you've sort of alluded to, both explicitly, but also in in referring to, you know, this person, you know, people who did this or folks who went there. Like, it's also networking is also hanging on to and staying connected to the people, you know, that, that resonate with you with you now and preserving those relationships. And I think, you know, you've you've sort of demonstrated that in a lot of really, really key ways. So thank you, you know, so much for all of your time and, and insights here this morning. I'm really, I'm really grateful. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. You've been listening to the Final Mile Club Radio, a production of the School of the Arts, Media, Performance, and Design at York University, with generous support from Jennifer Ivy Bannock and members of the Dean's Advisory Committee. You can hear more exciting episodes by subscribing to this series or joining the AMPD Final Mile Club on LinkedIn. Do you have a burning question about life after graduation? Email us at fmcr at yorku.ca, and we will be sure to pose it to a future guest. Thanks for listening, and remember, although the way may be long, you don't have to go it alone. <laughs>